the, I almost say the crisis of mental health in the country at the moment but to use our Instagram and kind of us people seeing these maniacs run this stuff with no real running background use that as a platform for us to kind of talk about it and like two, two young males talking about mental health you don't see it a lot really yeah. um, so we try to use that to be like just talk like I'm struggling here massively but it's kind of cool to talk uh, and it opens so many doors like asking someone how they are and they'll always reply yeah I'm Grant and then when they said yeah yeah I'm Grant then ask them how, how you actually doing and it will, I did it with a lot of people I met for coffees and it opens many doors for them and for you Hello and welcome to the second episode of the latest series of For Fit Sake, podcast brought to you by FFS Gyms. Uh, thanks again to everybody for tuning in, the feedback that we get every couple of weeks on who you'd like to hear on the podcast. We're glad to say that we're joined by a man today who almost everybody universally wants to hear and see more of. Unfortunately, we don't have a visual medium for him today, but we're very excited to, to get to Stephen Keane. Uh, FFS head of member induction and all round nice guy. Uh, also joined by Mike South as usual. So kick it off, Steo. How's your morning going? Yeah, morning's going well. I wasn't in classes this morning, so I just woke up, you know, had my Baraka boost um, and just chilled out really. First time on the podcast. Yeah. First time on the podcast. So uh, major fan, major fan of the podcast. But, <laughs> long time uh, listener. Finally, long time listener, but finally on it. Very good. Uh, keep him well. Keep yeah. him well. I don't know if everyone will get the Baraka Boost reference, but uh, if you keep an eye on the... Uh, is that gone live this yet? Friday. Has, this Friday. Yeah, this Friday. <laughs> this Friday yeah. So the podcast could be out post uh, post steals, meet the coaches video launching, but trust me, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, and Michael, how are you going? Any classes this morning or are you kind of having your usual get out of bed at 9 o'clock, 9.30? No, um, I didn't have classes to answer your first question. And secondly, no, I was up bright and early I got out of bed at about quarter to seven uh, with the fear of being late for the podcast gave myself an hour and a half to get here it took me an hour so yeah good morning so far you're here very good and obviously you're probably hearing a little bit more traffic than usual for the podcast we're over in Parnell Street uh, where we've got Big C Steel and Sean generally doing most of their work so uh, the acoustics aren't as good as the usual studio setup that we have in 34 but it adds to it I think it's so far it's adding something for sure yeah a bit of a vibe over here. Bit yeah. of ambiance. Ambiance, very good. So um, before we get into it, like Mikey, Steve, you want to jump in with your own training or anything that's happened at the minute and that people might find interesting? Uh, Training-wise, kind of for me, just back up to four, maybe five sessions a week, split between, between strength, Metcon and a bit of a run. So kind of happy to be back training that amount at the moment. Um, things that have been happening recently, we had a really good team building event on Saturday, which was... Well, started off when we were told we needed to save the world by a really <laughs> vibrant uh, guy. He brought a lot of energy to the whole event. Um, we were kind of split out into little teams. Uh, but at the back end of it, we were all working together to effectively save the world. We all started laughing at the start when we heard that. But by the end of it, we literally thought we were trying to save the world. <laughs> so, by God, we saved the world. Yeah, <laughs> and just for anyone who's wondering, we did actually save the world. We cracked the code and we opened the vault. So yeah, um, yeah a really good team building event. Uh, went for some food and a few drinks afterwards. So nice weekend as well, yeah. Yeah, good to be able to kind of do that stuff again. Obviously, things still, things hanging in the balance, whether things are opening up properly or not in the next yeah. couple of weeks. So uh, it was great to get together and do that. And I think what was really interesting about that is, because people generally want to know more about the coaches and the team that we have here, we've got a lot of very competitive people. I think that's that's fair to say. A very reminiscent of our member base, really, as well. Mm. Uh, people who think they're a team player also, 
but certainly are more competitive than yeah. a team player. And you know who I'm talking to uh, if you're listening to the podcast. But uh, yeah, that was that was really good fun. And Steve, what were you training wise or anything interesting that's happening? Uh, training wise, we just got knocked out of championship there. So I'm Gaelic football man, Vincent, myself, and uh, Niall Egan, also known as the Scribbler Nelly. Uh, had a bad result there against Plunkett. So since then, I have just been training to get massive again, basically. Massive again. Six days a week, just shifting to Again, Wednesday, where was the oh, previous? Oh, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, six days a week, just in here in the gym, um, shifting to in again. Um, nothing really more to add to that. Essentially, no more running for now. We'll get into that later. Hold the running, hold, hold the running, the running yeah. No more running. We want to no get into that. That's why we've got Steo on the the show. Is obviously um, done some incredible things over the last eighteen months or so in terms of running, raising uh, raising a lot of money for charity, raising profile awareness, kind uh, of create creating a kind of a nice connection with our own community as well. People getting behind you and supporting what you're doing. Um, and it involved a huge amount of physical and emotional pain for you, I would, I would imagine. So do you want to maybe just kind of give the, the high-level summary of what's happened over the last two years and then maybe dig into some of the detail around some of the things that you've done specifically? Yeah, perfect. So I suppose I'll start off with saying that I was never a runner and I still don't class myself as a runner. I, would not, I don't want to be known as a runner. Uh, that's not who I am. Massive runner. Uh, <laughs> biggest. I suppose just literally a month or two before the pandemic hit, so this would have been... January, February 2020, I believe. Uh, Vicky McGrath, a long-time member and good friend, was doing the Dash and Dip 13K. Um, and I remember we were all going to get involved and run, run the 13 kilometers with her. And I remember her running 13 kilometers, and I was like, I don't, I'm not going to be able to do that. I don't know how to run 13 kilometers. So I went and bought my first pair of running shoes, <laughs> a blue pair of Asics. Throw money at the problem. Throw yeah. money at the problem. A blue pair of Asics um, in Elveries. And I didn't know what I was uh, looking for or what kind of shoes... Uh, like to fit. So I asked him and he was like, what's the longest you're going to be running? And I was like, oh, probably about 10K. Uh, like I'm not going to say over 13K. I'm not going to say 13K. <laughs> so I just said 10K is going to be my, like my training runs. And he's like, right, these are a fine fit. Uh, just buy them and go with it. <laughs> and, uh, great selling. Great selling by the Elveries, man. Um, free plug for Elveries. Free plug for Elveries. So we got training, uh, started running, and then obviously the pandemic hit. Uh, myself and yourself and a few members and clients had triathlons booked as well for that summer. So I was going to get into the running a little bit more. But again, so that was all p- plug, hold. And I was left with what the hell to do. So my good friend, we were finishing college, Shane, who is a massive, massive part of this whole experience with myself. I'll mention him again a lot of times. Um, he was going to do a marathon. He, he'd run a marathon before. It took him like six hours. He cramped about a million times. He was horrendous. The stories that are funny enough. Um, I was going to run the triathlon, so all that's gone. And then we had this big void, and he turns to me one evening over Zoom. So Zoom had already kicked in. We were doing our final year project. And he was like, do you want to just run a marathon with me at the end of August? And I was like, sure. This is August 2020. This is August 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, go on. I'd never run a marathon before. I'd never run more than... Oh, 8, 10k we didn't get to do the 13k <laughs> and we started training um, and then there was one training run I'll never forget it I was running down Clunter- so I lived down Marino down by Clontarf and I was running across the wooden bridge shout out to Marino and <laughs> but you're the Rialto Rig yeah. we'll get to the nicknames later um, Beans <laughs> running across the bridge I'll never forget it and all I thought of was like why we were going to be running the Martins um, and I was like what's an extra 8k just, just put another AK onto the marathon. Let's run fifty. 
uh, for a little bit more awareness, a little bit more of a, I don't know, self-challenge. Is this halfway, like at the end of it, you're like, let's do another eight? No, or no, this no, no. this is like three or four months before, like, no, I'd never done a marathon. I was like, oh, just add another 8K, you know what I mean? Why not? And uh, I rang Shane and he just started laughing. He's like, go on. He's very, uh, he'll, just, he'll just do it if you ask him. Um, so that's where 50K by Dublin Bay was started. That's where the two, our team of myself and Shane and a lot more people behind the scenes was formed essentially informally. And so I might as well fast forward then to August, 29th of August, 2020, we ran from Greystones to Holt uh, in aid of aware. And we aimed to run it in sub five hours and we ran it in five hours in one second. <laughs> oh, oh, one second, God. you couldn't script it. You couldn't script it. But, um, so that was the kind of start of the journey. Um, where to go from there? I went back to football. I, I missed football. I'm a big football man. I've played for business since I was four. So I was a massive football man and I, I, cray, I couldn't train both. Again, I can come into that a little bit later in terms of training. Um, but if you really want to do something like an ultra-journalist or a marathon, you can't really expose yourself to football demands as well. Just injury and overtraining, overreaching. So I went back to football after the run. I was delighted to be back. It took a long time to, for some sprinting work, change of direction work. Because running, ultra-running is slow, boring, linear. <laughs> That's all it is. In my new shoe, in the, the, third, sorry, the, the 10K shoes. You want to rugby boots. The, like. ten, the 10K shoes were the r- shoes I ran the 50 in. So I told the fella in Elbridge that my biggest run was going to be 10. <laughs> I multiplied that by five. He was probably delighted with himself. Um, How were your feet? The feet during the 50. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, fine. So that's why after the 50, it was really weird. And I don't like to build myself a chain up, but like we were fine. We felt absolutely. Now, Shane was, Cully, Cully was there, Craig was there. Shane was cramping so bad. It was so funny. <laughs> but he got it done. And like the next day, like. He killed you. The one second was him exactly. slowing you down. Um, yeah. he, he was fine. Like and we were fine. And the next day, we're like, God, that was, we could have done maybe a little bit more. Um, so then fast forward, I'm back to football, uh, where am I with that? Getting massive. Steve, quick question on that, you know, when you ran the 50k, before you ran the 50k, I know you were out probably training with Shane and stuff, but yeah. what was the longest you ran before you just went for the 50k? The longest we ran um, was a 30k, Okay. not even together, the longest we ran together was a 25 and a week before that, I, we didn't run the whole of July. We just didn't. It was when the gyms reopened. Yeah. Um, so those, this Get back to work, Steve. No, when the gyms reopened, I was like, oh, I'm just going to start lifting again. <laughs> so I just forgot that I was running the 50K. Um, and then I was like, oh, God. It came to the start of August. It was like of 29 days to actually start training running again. So I went out for like a 17K. I went out to do a 20K. Parked and hoped I was going to run to Marino and just back and go for a swim. I didn't even make it to Marino. And I had to ring Shane as a Shane. Yeah, you're gonna have to come collect me. <laughs> so the biggest run was a thirty. Okay, and that, that was tough. So on that, right? Just to because there's definitely something in that. Like, a, it's very funny and entertaining the way you just said it. But like, there's people who are probably listening to this now because this, like, a lot of the episode is going to be titled like tips for runners and different things. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this, like, what was the start point to from when you wanted to run your your thirteen k with Vicky to run in the fifty k? Uh, that was how many months, or that was. Um, was that close to a year between we, us? So February 2020 oh, sorry. Uh, was when Vicky's was supposed to be, and yeah. then August 29th uh, was when we ran the 50. So that's like a seven month 
Okay, so so, in the, so you basically went from nothing, right? Now, obviously, like you got to preface this with your fit, you train regularly, you play football, but in terms of your your running volume, your weekly kilometers would have been very low, apart from what you've been doing. Not in terms of linear running, it would have been on the pitch most of your volume. So you went from no road running volume to running an ultra in that kind of six seven month period. What's the most important thing that you could say to somebody who's now listening to this, going, "I want to run a marathon in six seven months' time." I just want to give one a go. What would be the key thing, apart from buy proper shoes, that, that you'd say to them is the biggest learning you've had? Uh, well, first of all, I'd actually hang my hand enjoying it. Because if, if you're going to be running an ultramarathon or any kind of marathon, any linear slow running, it's boring. And you're training on your own. So find something, find a route uh, that you enjoy. Find, listen to music, listen to a podcast uh, that you'll enjoy. Plug. Um, but the main, the main focus is run slow. Again, that's it's the cliche, um, but run slow and enjoy it is what I would massively recommend. Uh, I wouldn't get caught up on all the gadgets, your Harry monitors, your, your watches, your, your, your fancy shoes. Just go out and run and then run slowly and then gauge your kilometers or gauge, kind of like track your load essentially, so manage your volume. Uh, don't go and try and so what I'd always recommend is what's your biggest run never increase 10 kilometer or 10 percent of that total volume onto your next run um, I'll go over no don't go over that so if I had ran a 10k before don't go run a 12k next time go for 11 and slowly build up slowly build up if you have like six or seven months just slowly chip away slowly chip away at the volume and then rest take your rest days recover and sleep well and go from there Okay, super. Yeah, sounds good. So obviously a lot of that sounds better than myself and Rudd's prep for our marathon experiences, which were, you know, much shorter. Did you do the marathon? I did, um, I did Prague in 2018 and I'd started training. It was in May 2018. I started training in November 2017. Uh, it was a couple of weeks before I was getting married and I just said, Reiner from the gym who, um, he did 12 marathons in 12 months all around the world. I went to do it with him, like really inspiring guy, just like great fun and did, did a good run with him. But I tore my hamstring playing rugby in February. Training was actually going really well over Christmas. Um, it was it was very enjoyable. It was something different. It was helping rugby and these things. But tore my hamstring, uh, came back too early, tore my hamstring again. Uh, then I came back after like six weeks off and tore my calf when I first came back. So my training started uh, for the run was at the end of May. My training resumed on like the 1st of May. And I just basically, I had no time, so I did pick three runs each week for the three-week sport. So I did a 5K as fast as I could, a 10K very slow, and then a 20K. The following week, I kept the 5 and the 10K, I did a 25K. The following week, I did a 5 and a 10, and I ran 30K. Felt great, and then went and absolutely died after like 35K in the marathon, <laughs> but to, to be expected. That's, um, a, that's an important thing you said, though. What I said, I gave up football, because... And see, you didn't give up rugby and you had those injuries. I, it's really hard to find that kind of hybrid <coughs> of, of both because um, there's a massive risk of injury because there's totally, totally different sports. Um, especially if you're not getting the exposure in terms of like your rugby, your change direction, your sprint, that's how those hamstring, those, that's how those injuries are going to come because you're not getting that exposure from your slow running. So I think that's another big tip. If you are going to run, you might get away with like over 30K, like still playing your sport. But anything over than that, I'd recommend solely focusing on it, hanging your hat on, I'm going to complete this marathon, this ultra, X, Y, and Z, and go with that. And yeah, like that, that part, you should have parked it, yeah, because like when I look back and reflect, like it was madness what I was doing, you know, like I was like driving to Kilkenny in the car for two, three hours, like if traffic was bad on a Friday going down, getting on the pitch, training, driving, getting home. Were you playing with Kilkenny at that stage? I'm 
Might have been at the end. Yeah, the year before it was. Yeah, yeah. So, so like, you know, like it's a lot of driving up and down. You're in the car and then like getting up the next morning and going trying to run like 15K. It's, yeah, like lunacy when I look back. But hey, right. we, we learn from these things. We learn. Where were you when I needed you back then, Steel? <laughs> so, right. So, okay. So they're, they're really good things. Hang your hat and enjoying it. Uh, you know, don't get too caught up in the gadgets. Just just go out there and enjoy it and um, enjoy the process, I suppose. Don't focus too much on the outcome. Just pick your time and go for it. So what happened then? So you ran the 50. Uh, and again, so sorry, this was all in aid of aware. So like, what was that process like in terms of, you know, fundraising? How did you find that? Did that add more pressure to the event? Or was it still something you could enjoy? Or did you feel a different pressure because you're doing this for for something bigger than yourself and Shane? No, it never, it never added more pressure. Um, again, I had a, a really good background team in terms of they were just my best friends. They were like, let's get involved with this. So we actually made a few videos. We made an Instagram page, which uh, is now getting a good few followers again from the latest running game. We'll, we'll come to that later. You can plug that um, really hard later. You can plug later. that later really hard. No, it's, not your, it's dormant at the moment. <laughs> Hopefully not for too long. But um, yeah, we set up a GoFundMe page. Uh, we just advertise it through Instagram, like all oh, my friends have started sharing it. Like people are a lot more generous and caring and like want to see you do well more than you ever think. Uh, so like the amount of people that share it, people I haven't talked to in years. Like like I went to the Gale talked to him first shit down in Connemara. I was like sharing, look look at this guy do this. And I was like, that's really nice. Yeah. Um so that helped with the fundraising and then like people just helped came and came out and support on the day. But um, no, it didn't add any more pressure. Um, like we were doing it for aware, we we're doing it for mental health, and again, we'll, we'll tie that in later um, with the mental health. But I think it's incredibly important the reasons why. But um, we can cover that later. And and then so what happened? Then what was the you know you went back training? Like what was the light bulb moment where let's do something more insane? So I went went back training and, and like in amateur GAA like September so we ran in 29th of August so it's September now it's October that's kind of championship season so just like this year we got knocked out um, <laughs> and I was left so I started coming in here training again um, about five or six days a week but then the pandemic hit or not the pandemic hit but the Next that, that kind of six, six week lockdown if you remember that hit so gyms closed again and I was like oh what do we do now and I'm tying that in with was finishing the 50k being like that was fairly fine so Shane was like um, we were just chatting one day and Shane was like do you want to just run from Galway to Dublin and I was like no totally, another Zoom call totally no I, mean, I don't know what I want another Zoom every time Shane rings me it's bad <laughs> <laughs> and he'd say he'd say the very same because I'll tie in that with that later as well um, and I was like no no way I don't want to do that like I, I at that time uh, the person I was I just I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't put myself through that again. And um, stuff happened then. First of January, I ring him. I'm like, oh, let's just do it because I made a decision. Jan first of January. I don't know. Let's let's start a whole new thing. You know, <laughs> yeah. the kind of thing you tell your clients. You know, first January, don't change everything. So you went and did <laughs> don't that. Don't okay. reinvent the wheel. Yeah. See, I was balancing between do I want? I really want to go back and play football and give this year really good hits because I had been training on the pitch in November, December, like pitch space work, speed work, agility work, change of direction work and no linear running whatsoever Shane did some small bit of running from November but um, so we come we come to the 1st of January I ring him I'm like I was tying up do I want to go back and play football that's when restrictions were like when is football going to be back I gauged football would be back mid-March so I was like no I'm not waiting around Like I need something to train for every day here I'm just there on Zoom in the morning so I need to go out after Zoom go do something this when you were taking the Zoom classes for the gym exactly, in the morning, so yeah. exactly. the Zoom bonanza and from live my sitting room, live from my sitting room, a load of beasts to front steps every morning. 
keeping the folks awake so um, we rang him I rang him and I was like let's do it and he just started laughing he's like yeah I'm in one thing that Galway to Dublin Galway to Dublin so it was five marathons in five days um, Galway City to Dublin to Dolly Mount is, it's like exactly five marathons it's really weird how it ended up uh, and he he'd all, he always said like would you not do seven like similar to when oh I ran similar, similar to when I rang him I was like let's do let's put another eight kilometers onto the 42 to make it a 50k uh, I was another like, 80 but I was strictly I was hell bent like no we're buying off more than we can chew there like no way Paddy's day so we're training away nothing's really happening in those months we're just training away against slow volume increase in volume training a lot more than what it was with the 50 but still kind of um, progressive training and kind of knowledgeable training again just running not much S&C because again gyms were closed I had a few kettlebells and stuff at home but I was really just running trying to recover from it I didn't really want to run with Doms 17th of you have uh, to lift heavy enough to get Doms first of all 17th of March so Paddy's Day I ring him again and I'm like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Um, and we, we, it was like seven and seven. So we decided we'd run from Clifton, Galway. So if you actually look at the map, how ridiculously far away Galway City is from Clifton, yeah. it's bananas how yeah, far away it is. Uh, I was like, oh my God. And for the next six months, that's all I could think of. That's all I was doing. So I was talking about with people, even though I didn't like talking about it the whole time, because that's why we didn't promote it for so long. We only promoted about three weeks out. Whereas the 50, we were promoted like four months before. Uh, but then all everyone was ever asking was like, oh, are you training? How, how's it getting on? And you kind of just get tired of it a little bit. So we we're like, let's not tell anyone here. Let's just go train in the dark. If anyone really asks, what are you training? I'm just doing a bit of running. And I remember I did the Instagram takeover for FFS back in like February. And I was like, just back from a 25K there. And everyone's replying like, what are you yeah. doing? And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, give the people the truth as well. Yeah. Uh, so 7 and 7 was born uh, 7 marathons in 7 days that's the Instagram we had to change the Instagram account now because we didn't want to make a new one we want to keep our followers you know what I mean uh, that's a nice plug there for the Instagram <laughs> account and we went from there so, so what was that like then because like to me listening to this like if I was listening to this sitting at home or in the car or whatever I'd be like again yeah it's easier man's fit do, does you know like he was able to run the ultra it's fine like how big a difference was it? Like you're aware we've probably bitten off more than we can chew. You're pretty happy go lucky and you sound jovial enough about the whole thing. But like, was there a, a moment where you're like, like shit, this is this is very serious. We need to really prep this because you put it out there. You know, you don't want to you don't want to make mistakes in your training. You don't want to blow up before you even get to Galway City if you're running from Clifton. So was there that kind of light bulb moment where you're like, we really need to get our shit together here and, and nail this down? So that ties in with why we didn't advertise it until like three weeks out and um, we were like let's make sure we can do a small bit of run so Kevin Sinfield uh, the, was it the Leeds, Leeds, Leeds Rhinos yeah he's like the head of uh, like the rugby over there now he did it he did it back in November he did seven marathons seven days all he run all of them in under four or that's something. what we tried to do as well yeah his times were meant to be incredible it was like an average yeah. of 353 yeah. yeah we'll come to that later but it's a funny stories behind that uh, for our one but 53 on one second incredible incredible like some athletes he did seven and seven and I listened, he has a podcast as well and I listened to it or he was on a podcast, I listened to it and he just went into the train of how like, don't tell everybody straight away because the last thing you need is to go get injured and then everyone's like, oh, even more so everyone's like, oh, so when, when's it happening? When are you doing the run? He's like, yeah. I actually can't do the run. So that's the last thing we wanted. But what Kevin Seinfeld did is in kind of, in, in silence, he, he tried to run three marathons in three days to make sure he'd be able to even get halfway and we tried to do that, we tried to replicate it. On the first marathon that we tried to do, this is back in 
May, I got two kilometers in. I have never had any injuries ever. All the run I was doing, the volume was ridiculous at this stage. Uh, I got a good like two weeks rest before this, like two kilometers in and my foot just went. I was like, how has this happened? So we, we done two marathons of training in total, uh, but not continuously. That was the biggest amount we did. We ran hotel four times, that was fun. But we had no idea how bad it was gonna get. We, we had no idea, no idea, but we always said to ourselves we're, we were gonna do it regardless. Um, like a big thing that I believe in, and it sounds mad, but if you're not dead, like if you're literally not dead, you can take another step. Um, even if you're injured, you can take another step. Uh, are you dead? No, go take another step. And you'll keep, if you just keep doing that, yeah. you'll actually get there. Yeah. Um, but, so, right, so we're kind of fast-forwarding a bit through the training to, right, you've been, you got injured, you had to go through that, so you didn't get the ideal prep you wanted, you didn't get to follow the kind of let's do three. So you're in it now, right, and there's probably like a lot of emotion around the whole thing because, you know, you're doing it for, for charities. Like, maybe touch on that now, like, what, you know, why was it so important to do this for AWARE at, like, this point in your life? Like, what, why, what was the real drive behind doing it for mental health charities? So... When we said we'd do the 5 and 5 and then subsequently 7 and 7, um, we, we didn't know what charity we were going to do it for. I, I was always kind of looking out. I didn't really have a main one in mind, um, but I was always looking to maybe find if, if someone in life that I maybe knew was actually struggling or, like, you know, some family member sick or something, that I'd love to try and raise funds for them yeah. as, without telling them or so, something kind of really cool and nice like that. Uh, but then, like, even from a personal note, things happened in life at the start of the year, uh, really set me back. A lot and um, I'd never struggled with mental, mental health at all at all and I'm very grateful for that I have a lot of gratitude towards that but um, I always thought I was bulletproof but then I actually got shot and I found out I wasn't bulletproof uh, so I was like I struggled with my mental health massively um, for a lot of the months of this year which fuels the run as well um, but that's kind of where so we ended up right we ended up going for jigsaw uh, which is youth mental health because I, I, I I think it's really important for like we're, we're adults and we it's not that we know how to deal with stuff better but like um, especially mental health and social issues but kids have no help in terms of they have their parents but like they don't know what's going on so uh, we, we started we decided to go for Jigsaw Youth Mental Health and I actually know a few people who work there and they just do fascinating work so that's where that tied in but that was the fuel that was the fuel like running for mental health just the importance of it it's just way too important and what we always we so we use the runs also not just for a self challenge and not just to raise money for um, jigsaw to inject cash into help help um, the, the I almost say the crisis of mental health in the country at the moment, but to use our Instagram and kind of us people seeing these maniacs run this stuff with no real running background, use that as a platform for us to kind of talk about it. and like two two young males talking about mental health you don't see it a lot really yeah. um, so we try to use that to be like just talk like I'm struggling here massively but it's kind of cool to talk uh, and it opens so many doors like asking someone how they are and they'll always reply yeah I'm Grant and then when they said yeah like, yeah I'm Grant then ask them how, how you actually do and it will, I did it with a lot of people I met for coffees and it opens many doors for them and for you that that was a few that yeah was kind of that, that's incredible like fair play for sharing that because i think we spoke about this on the first episode back and we talked about like some of the small challenges that we had personally and how difficult it was it was specific to training and probably the business and and all the things that were happening but like from doing that and reaching out to people having those conversations and you're talking about a crisis in the country the you know like well, why is it that people struggle so much to to grab a mate and talk about this stuff like what what's you know what did you find when you're saying going for coffees or whatever it was like 
what was the best thing that you found like if someone's listening to this being like I know I have a mate who's maybe struggling or I may be struggling and their mate might be listening to this what's the best way to try and have that chat with someone and, and help them what's the, what's the lowest hanging fruit to start the conversation just ask them it's, just, it's actually as simple as that Just I used to always think that as well I was like, what? like, like I'd, I'd see a friend kind of struggling or I know he's struggling and like how do I approach this I don't want to be overbearing just be like how are you getting on and he'll, they'll always reply, I'm grand. Yeah, keep going, how are you? They're like, I know, like, how are you actually going on? I've noticed this and that. And like, because they're not going to take offense to that ever, because they know you're trying to, you, they're, you're trying to help You've them. You've got their care. best interest yeah, in Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So just ask them. It's the simplest one. And it's the one that no one really does a lot of the time. They always try and jump through lots of hoops. Um, just ask them how they are. And it's, it's fascinating, the doors will open, honestly, the conversations will start, and it will, it will develop yourself as well in terms of how you communicate with people, how you understand people, um, and it will better them, which is the, do, main, the most important Do you important think, thing. like, um, obviously, over the last, say, 18 months, when we have been kind of stuck in isolation for a lot of that time, do you think that's added to this and heightened your awareness to the mental health issues, or for your own personal stuff that you might have went through? Like, is that heightened it's been stuck in isolation, too much time to think, being on your own, and, like, not going to surround yourself with people every day because like you're a people person you're in here all the time like even Saturday great crack again so like is do you think that heightened it for you in terms of your awareness but also made you realise you had other people who may have been struggling it, it definitely did like yeah. again just from like like anecdotal experience January, February, March, April I was on Zoom every morning so you're not, you're not even getting that <laughs> pure connection with someone like joking around the gym or you're not really meeting people for coffees because you can't really meet up with people. So I'm on Zoom, then doing PTs, and then I went for my run, and thank God I had the running. That's what I'll always kind of emphasize about. Thank God I had the running because that kind of gave me an out. I didn't even listen to music. I just listened to my footsteps and my thoughts and just breathe heavy, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then you're just, then it's like, it's 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and you're just sitting there. Yeah. Like your mom's working upstairs, your, your dad's out working brothers in college upstairs in the laptop our sister's out working and you're, just, you're sitting there you can't meet up with the lads uh, you don't have much more work to do uh, you'd be like yeah but I can go learn a new hobby or I can no like sometimes if you're in that kind of state you can't you don't have the energy to go yeah. that so it's the, the isolation and the lack of kind of social yeah. interaction you're getting is just like magnified everything I think the pandemic just magnified everything all any problem mm. yeah. whether it be homeless mental health social issues it just magnified and condensed and heightened every single problem but definitely yeah, personally yeah, yeah. it was bad I, I, th- I think what's really important with that now is like as things are opening back up is it could be so easy to just gloss over all that now you know it's like alright we're back to the way things are I'm busy again you know it, it's one o'clock in the day you've done everything you've said you've done and it's like I just go meet the lads and forget about all the issues that that I might have or that my mates might have. So, like that's something that I find is really is going to be really important over the next year, two, three, five years. That like this stuff isn't forgotten about. It's not up to us. We're not going to make any decisions on on this podcast or in the gyms. But mm. uh, you know, there's there's much bigger issues there. But I think if people are listening to this, can just continue to remember how important your mental health is, and that if the people around you who you really care about don't just forget about it now once life gets back to, to normal a bit because you talked about you always felt you were bulletproof but you might have just been really busy and not had time to check in with yourself like that that's definitely the way it was for me like I just always have to be doing something and I realized I am not good when I've nothing to do you know like I've got to sit down like my wife she'll say it she's like you need to be moving about like you're not great when 
you're, you're idle. Um, you know, so like I think it would be really easy to just slip back into old habits yeah. and not not really try and check in with ourselves regularly. So if people can figure out ways to do that. Doing it with mates is really important, I think, like you're talking about, but having time to check in with yourself and not in kind of a, excuse the term, but like a hippy-dippy way where it has to be like set meditation or whatever it is, but just having a system with yourself to be like, right, how am I actually feeling? How am I doing? How's how's everything going for me? And then finding someone to talk about with. Life, life is incredibly busy at the moment. So like I was listening to another podcast, this guy, Conor Keefe, he's a big ultra runner, um, mental health kind of speaker. And he was like, it went for like two weeks and he, he actually he, had, he actually just had to sit down and be like, whoa, like what, where did those two weeks go? Like how am I actually doing? Like check in, like exactly like you said, emphasize mm-hmm. checking in on yourself. Take five minutes, sit down, forget about work, throw your phone in the bin, whatever. Sit there with a coffee and be like, how am I actually doing? And like analyze it. And it'll, again, it'll just open more doors and you'll, you'll, you'll develop yourself a little bit better. You'll see what, what your needs actually are. Do I need help with this, that, the other? Is work getting too stressful? What can I do about that? And you can action those things. But just relax a little bit more. Take a breath. Yeah, I'm very keen to kind of get to the experience of the seven marathons in seven days. But just on the final point for me on that, it's like it's actually incredibly refreshing to hear someone like yourself be so open about that stuff. And I think even if by you saying that today, it gets through to three or four people, like that's going to be a massive help. So like fair play to you for being able to come on here and actually just say it and say it with such ease as well. So for fair play to that. But uh, I'd love to know now how the seven marathons in seven days went. <laughs> seven marathons in seven days. Uh, kick it off. Let's go for it. Uh, starting Clifton, so I have a house down in Westport, so we're in base, oh, base camp there. Some. My family have a house down in Westport, apologies. <laughs> I was in Westport two weekends ago. Yeah, go crack now, yeah. Jumping off uh, old head pier. Yeah, very uh, nice. Anyway, down in Clifton, uh, marathon one. So bear in mind we've done two marathons in training, and there was no real prep for them, no like, strategy to recover and food kind of pacing. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, get this marathon done, fine. The first marathon was horrendous. I was like, Shane was there plodding along all the way down. So he's was, getting dogged a lot here. Clifton, yeah, Shane yeah. is incredible. He's bulletproof. That man is bulletproof, mentally bulletproof. We're running from Clifton to Mam Cross. So if anyone knows them, those roads, that's like Gaeltock region. It was so dangerous, so dangerous. We're there running for the jigsaw with the orange t-shirts. Thank God we had them. We have like our parents are in like uh, cars, like coming up every hour or two, like honking the horn. Like the roads are incredibly tight. Like there's no hard. You're so big. I was so big. I was in the middle of the road. Buses. (laughs) Um, First marathon, nothing really overly um, happened. It was actually just so much harder than I thought. I was cramping up by the end of it. I was like because the two marathons I did in training were so fun like no cramping we finished we got in the car that was fine and we headed off back home so first marathon ticked off we're there on their line time time was now that does this matter I'm only curious because you so, said you had a target so we, you know? we had the target like, if the time doesn't matter the fact that you've done it, it, it is incredible it mattered, it mattered, it mattered to us you, like, it mattered so. to us like on a personal level We so just like Kevin we kind of dovetailed off him like trying to do three marathons uh, in training that didn't work so then we, we were like we always wanted to run for in time, we didn't want to just take like nine, ten hours and walk it. That will come later um, <laughs> with crutches. But we, so we said we'd, we'd run them sub four hours. So it's for anyone that knows kind of paces, it's a five minute 40 pace average. Um, so we, we, we set, up, set off running at about five minutes, 25 seconds to always have a buffer. Ticked off the first one, it was, it was bad. And then the, one of the hardest things, um, people don't realize about ultra event or consecutive marathon events or stuff like that is the eating it's so, so you have to carb load and fuel for the run but then you do one 
so you have to recover from that and you have another one the next day so then you have to load for that so it gets really not confused because all you have to know is just eat just eat whatever like dominoes is liquid calories everything 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 and like day two my stomach just did not i was on like what what's the um gaviscon no not gaviscon i can't remember what it's called but to settle my stomach because i couldn't eat I could not oh, eat God. at all. So I was trying just like, by the end of it, I was just like liquid calories, smoothies, everything in liquid calories. And at that, I still couldn't, still couldn't take it in. I was getting really bad acid reflux. Now this is only like day two or three. There's a long way to go. Day two, man So cross. the time, the time, what was the time on the first one? Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. Five, or three, not five, four. Three hours, 51 Okay, all the right. First, the first four was, uh, so I'll just say that there. The first four was an average of like three hours, 52. Fair play. The first four, which we were delighted with. That's incredible. Like, yeah, it was an American, like, like, I did one in like 405 or something. I was aiming for sub four on one and I couldn't even do it. So it's incredible. Yeah. Um, marathon two, then man cross to air square, which is really cool. Like, running to Galway, saw loads of people there. People like clients I train in the gym were driving past. Unreal. Real cool experience. Uh, one of my best friends, Coley, he met up with us. He was going to be there for the rest of the run. Was he ran a bit with us? Again, nothing really out of the ordinary there. My dad was on the bike behind us. I started getting sick. So this is day one of me starting to get sick on the run because my stomach just wasn't having any Physically puking? Physically puking, but one, uh, still running. So you don't stop. You don't stop running on something like this because if you stop running, so I'm there like running down like this country road. There's like a man walking as his sheep or something. And I'm just getting, <laughs> so I'm dry. Yeah, it's all the dog like, oh, there's some dude with his sheep out <laughs> and <laughs> everywhere else. Yeah. I'm dry reaching everywhere. He's just like looking over at these two absolute maniacs. Just running, being like, what are they doing? And we're just there waving. Uh, there's loads of funny little stories that, like, seeing little people. The first marathon, we passed like these like four or five like builders sitting out of a truck, and they were like, uh, "Come on, lads, you're you're almost there." So one, <laughs> one that they hadn't a clue, one who we were, two where we were going, or three, they obviously didn't know how far we were going. And then we we're like, "Oh, we're actually going to Dublin." <laughs> so we're there, like, just coming, we're there, just coming out of Clifton, and we're like, and they're like, they their face, we're like, oh. Or eating her breakfast Keep rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their, their cans of coke. Uh, get to Air Square. Tough going. Tough going. So that was our first time we'd ever run two consecutively. So now we are in the dark of like the dark zone of like we have no idea what's coming now. So two done again. Shane would have a good friend. He put us up down in where were we down in Clare somewhere. So it wasn't that far from Air Square. So we went down, recovered. Coley had like the physio plinth he was giving us as much ropes you were trying to eat as much as possible again I couldn't eat like walking was really tough and one of the worst moments every day was actually going to bed knowing I'm, I'm just getting again. up and going again and the third morning start off in air square again every moment felt like the hardest moment but if I had to actually really summarize it the hardest was the eating okay. the hardest was the eating um, so again we ran that one in like 3 hours 50 we ran the third one about like 3.53 or something the fourth one, we got lost. Um, so we're only running with a small Big backpack. shout out to your support team there. God, I felt so sorry for them. They were my poor mom and dad, Shane's poor mom and dad. They were, God, they were, they were trying to get onto like Caltra Garda Station <laughs> or something to try to, I don't know where Caltra is. But, uh, <laughs> we, uh, we got lost. So bear in mind, we're only running. So like we're incredibly like under fuel at this stage from Marathon 4. We're really dehydrated. We're running for like sub four hour marathons. 
it's in the middle of summer, so it's hot, it's humid, and we only have a tiny backpack on our back with gels and maybe a bit of like jaff cakes. And again, our, my stomach's not even taking them on, so I'm not running on anything. And so our support team was so, so important. Can't emphasize that, that enough. Like me and Shane didn't run the marathon, like it was a team, team effort, and that has to be emphasized as much as possible. Uh, and they know that, we try to make sure they knew that. But we had no water, and we got lost. So we took the wrong turn. So we ran like 36 marathon, or 36, oh, not 36 marathons, 36 kilometers with like one 500 ml bottle of water between us. And like, we were absolutely seeing stars. Jesus. And, which is so weird that I think that was was that the third or fourth one uh, it ended up being our fastest <laughs> which was just I think I was like, we, turned, we turned to each, other, to each other after and we're like that must have just been the fastest one because we just needed to get there get home yeah, there and but um, again that was in the middle of Ireland like uh, near, down there like Balance Low Castle Blakeney like Cully Cully Soup uh, land <laughs> um, Cully Sully and Cully <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was horrendous, and then then so the first four were kind of all fairly the same same pace, cramping, really sore feet. After each one, it got that little bit harder. Then it got to the fifth one, so I'm not at this stage. I'm not eating anymore at all. Like you're not recovering from a marathon. You're not fueling for a marathon. Like you're losing a lot of weight. You're turning into the noodle. I told myself, and we got to about kilometer thirty, and I couldn't I couldn't see. I couldn't see. I was dry reaching everything. My poor dad was in tears. I'd never seen my dad oh cry before. Uh, like it was incredibly emotional. Seven days. Like I've, oh god, it was so way too emotional. <laughs> uh, but like, so I what we always said was we'll never stop the watch because we didn't want to like oh, stop the watch. Pause it. So it still looked like we ran so yeah. far. So we pushed and pushed and pushed. And um, I just turned to James like you're gonna have to go. So, and like long story short like it was emotional like my knee just blew up so I ended up running and kind of walking the, the last like 12k the fifth one sixth one I got like 2k in and knee was still banjoed so crutched like the sixth one I crutched the whole well, 40 kilometers took like seven and a half eight hours just me and my dad out there in the roads so I don't know where we were oh my gosh and the seventh one yeah we Oh, the seven. We got like a guard escort. There was like eight or nine like guards on bikes down Clonjarf Road, like undercover cops. Everything I was like, he's not working, lads. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the story. Again, there's so much more to it. But I'm, I'm yeah, jeez, it's incredible. You know, there's some things that I like. I didn't. I knew obviously the resilience that you showed to finish it and like how tough it was. But I didn't know the stuff about the eating and how difficult that got. Like just again. Like well done. That's like it's just, just incredible to that you're still alive to talk about it today. Still ticking. But but what what's the key thing to probably leave us with uh, again for people listening? Like, in in light of what you were doing at Forever that you'd gone through personally, you know, th- throughout that year and the motivation behind doing a challenge like this. I think I texted you just before it being like you're about to do something that like no one does. Like you know, point zero 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 one percent of the population of the earth will ever do you're going to learn something about yourself that you didn't know beforehand. Like, what What did you learn? What did I learn was resilience, first and foremost. Like, you, you, you want to give up instantly. But, like, maybe it's, like, the self-competitive nature of myself that was, like, I just wouldn't be able to live myself if I just said it. I can't, I, I don't say I'm going to do something and not do it. So, like, maybe that was this kind of playing part. Like, you can't stop running. If, you, if you're doing a marathon, you just, just don't stop running. You'll actually finish it. Um, so resilience would have been a big thing I learned um, the importance of a team is just so big like we literally wouldn't have been able to do it like the amount of people that helped us the, the messages of support the people who put us up in houses 
the people who drove past us, like the four lads in the truck, like shouting stuff at us. That th- those little things are crucial. But um, no, the biggest thing w- was resilience. You can always do more than you think. Um, always like I had n- I'm coming from no running background, no running background. Like I was injured in the lead up to it, and you can you ended up doing it. Um, like you can't just pick something to do it if you want to do it. Um, but that goes it goes for every kind of walk of life. Like if you're struggling again with your mental health, like it'll pass as well and like but don't wait for it to pass like action it like say reach out to someone you need like i ended up having to reach out to someone and i went to therapy like i, I need help but like again you're not always that resilient here so you do need help and that's where the team comes into it that's where like x y z comes into it so mm. but resilience phenomenal it's an incredible story like it really isn't like rory said a second ago like I, I knew what you did but i didn't know the finer details and some of them that you went into there and i'm sure there's a lot more but like incredible achievement to you and Shane and obviously the, the whole team as well and it sounds like your parents were on that journey with you the oh whole way God they were emotionally physically everything I can imagine and is there anything that's coming up next like not, not that you need to do anything but I know what you're like is there run up Everest or something um, <laughs> no I feel like a lot of people that's what a lot of people are asking me these days now I was really enjoying football there I'm enjoying just training in the gym again because it's something that like I've always done but then I had to stop so that's what I'm enjoying at the moment um, next year is going to be very busy with work professionally but I think I will always be doing stuff like that with Shane um, and hopefully more people uh, that kind of are being like that that was interesting I might get involved with that for the rest of my life I think I will um, again I take a lot of inspiration from Damien Brown yeah um, he's just a maniac uh, he 24 kilo kettlebells he walked up farmer carried Crow Patrick like strapped into his hand rode the, rode the Atlantic Ocean so Try to do Everest. What What's next? Maybe like an Ironman or something. But yeah, that'd just be for self. But, but I think it's great that you've, uh, you know, you've done this, and it's not. It doesn't define you in a way. It's you know, it's not like oh, he's he's your man who does all those challenges. Like you know, you're you're content with what you've done, and now it's about doing things for you personally. You know, you don't have to keep reaching to do these kind of things like that. That in itself is like that's that's a huge step in your development. It's you're not relying on a bigger target to function day to day month to month so like that's 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 fantastic that you're at that point as well there doesn't it doesn't have to be a lot of people need a goal they need a holiday they need they need something to go to the gym or to go for a run whereas you're just doing it out for the enjoyment and something that probably started as something you needed to do to give you a break in the day and give you a chance to check in with yourself is now something that you really enjoy doing so kind of come full circle in a nice way as well that's what, that's what I mean that's what I said at the very very start is I don't want I'm not a runner I don't want to be associated being the runner like I'm still that's who I am but yeah I did that I do this you've got about nine other names nine other names yeah. we'll get into them yeah. uh, but don't yeah I don't associate that like set a goal if you want to set a goal and go for it go for it and see where it takes you. It's we'll leave it on that thanks yeah. a million for your time Steel. thank you very much Pat. thanks, thanks so much. much cheers